have so much passion, enthusiasm for sports, yet when it comes to personal finance, which is really important in all of our lives, everyone is quiet. From Money Fit by DRS, it's the Money Fit Podcast, the show about financial education opportunities all around us and practical financial tips right in front of us. This is Todd Christensen, your host for today's show, and we're joined by author and founder of Winning at the Money Game, Sean Gbe, to discuss how he combines the love for and fundamentals of basketball and other sports with a drive to promote financial literacy. He's a PT peer tonight, baby! Coming right up. Sean Gbe spent his childhood and formative years living in Northern Virginia. At Syracuse University, Sean became a member of the National Service Fraternity Alpha Phi Omega and was selected as a Ronald E. McNair Achievement Scholar. After graduating with a BS in finance from the Martin J. Whitman School of Management, Sean later worked on Wall Street as a commodity broker. In 2014, Sean authored Winning at the Money Game, which uses sports concepts to teach financial literacy in ways that are fun, engaging, and empowering. Sean Gbe, welcome to the Money Fit Show. Well, thank you, Todd. I'm very happy to be here. Uh, well, I certainly appreciate you being here, and I'm looking forward to this conversation. I've looked, uh, you and I have talked before, and, and I've looked through your, your book and your activities, your program, just I think the world of it, and I'm, I'm excited to talk to you about it today. Oh, excellent. I do appreciate it. Okay, so as, as you know, Sean, I mentioned I would be opening this with a uh, one of our standard guest questions. Are you ready? Yep, I'm ready. Okay, did you always want to be a writer or even a Wall Street broker? I have to say no. Uh, my first goal, or I think career path was, uh, I think it was martial arts, because I was mm-hmm. infatuated with Jean-Claude Van Damme. I really love martial <laughs> arts. I watched like the three ninjas like a hundred times. Um, after that, <laughs> it really turned into basketball because I grew up in Centerville, Virginia. And at our bus stop, we had two full court basketball courts. So since I was eight years old, the bus would always pick us up and drop us off at the basketball court. So there were seven boys in our neighborhood. We all were best friends, all in the same grade and the same age. So every day we played basketball and that's how my love for basketball grew. So I would say basketball was, or basketball player is what I always wanted to be. And then once I got into college, I think it went the route of being a broker. And then later on, I realized I had a passion for writing and I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to want to get into that a little more here in the show. So I think that's great. You had, you had uh, friends, you all got to play together. And so you've, you've long been a fan of the game. When did you start to see connections in basketball to the, to the fundamentals of finance? Well, the idea for winning at the money game came to me during my junior year at Syracuse University. Um, it was the constant rhythm or repetition of playing basketball at Archibald Gym and then going to mm-hmm. uh, the Whitman Business School. So that daily basketball and finance uh, really grew the idea of connecting basketball to teach financial literacy. So that's how the idea developed. As I understand it, you wrote 
what would come to be was it the first chapter while you're in in college still yeah exactly like the first chapter of the book and i even say maybe a couple of pages i wrote my junior year and it was really mm-hmm. when i got to wall street um a stockbroker named peter doyle um i told him oh i like he asked me what i like to do on the side i told him writing and he's like do you have anything to share i sent it to him the next day my boss when i get into the office he's like what did you do to Peter? And I'm like, uh, what do you mean? What did I do? I didn't do anything. He's like, this guy's just keep calling me and telling me about this idea you have. He set up a meeting for you to meet with all these people. And it really took me back that someone I just met that day, the next day had set up a meeting the following week for me to speak with other people about this book idea. So he really encouraged me to finish the writing and also to add different chapters to it. So thank you very much, Peter Doyle. That's awesome. Yeah. You, I, you wake up one day, you never know who you're going to meet that might change your life. That's uh, that, that sounds like that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I just had great people around me, especially uh, when I was a broker who really encouraged me to learn the business. And I had a strong foundation from Syracuse University as well. And as I said before, my infatuation from basketball, from elementary school, really made me understand the game. I truly love basketball. I really understand it from all levels. And I just like watching it and talking about basketball. It's really a passion of mine and always been one. That's that's awesome. I love watching basketball. I love trying to play it, <laughs> but uh, that's trying is about as far as I could get. Let me, let's talk about your book and, and the program. You take some of the fundamentals of basketball and you relate them to the fundamentals of personal finance. So for example, free throws, you take the, the idea of a free throw and, and how do you relate that to money? Okay. Um, I mean, it's the money shot, you know, exactly. <laughs> there's money shots all over the floor, but this, how do you do this in your book? Yeah. So the concept of shooting free throws as many people know who watch basketball is a very simple thing, um, but it's not easy. It's simple because you're unguarded. Uh, You get two free throw shots or three, depending on what the foul may be. But no one is guarding you and it's up to you just to make these free throws. But we all know that even though it's simple, it's not easy. And we at Winning at the Money Game compare free throw shooting to saving and investing. The same way that saving and investing, no one's there stopping you from saving your money or investing it. But it's something that is simple, but it's not easy. So by putting those two, or you say seemingly different concepts together, someone's able to grasp the importance of making or saving and investing just like they're able to grasp the understanding of making free throws. Because your actions of saving and investing often separates you from winning or losing the money game. I love love that principle of simple, but not easy. I mean, Mm -hmm. savings, how simple is it to put money into a savings account, either either by your phone or direct deposit or just make a phone call. Exactly. Yet, you got 60 to 80% of American adults are not saving regularly. Yeah. And I really think it comes down to the fact that it takes them a longer time to understand the consequence of not saving. That's why I think our program using sports or especially basketball to teach financial literacy is so important because you can actually see the consequences of these behaviors by the basketball. For example, if a team loses a game by two points but miss 15 free throws, we definitely know that 
the free throw shots were the reason why they lost the game. Just like mm-hmm. if you can look at your finances, maybe let's say 10, 15 years from the time you can start working, you can see, hey, I've gotten further ahead because I saved my money and the money I saved, I used it for a purpose to invest maybe in stocks, real estates, things like that. So it's the consequence that kids can actually see of actions uh, that our program really thrives on. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. Another one I wanted to mention was you talk about passing. <laughs> I think about passing and good passers. And I was playing uh, early morning uh, church ball a few years ago, and I had a, a college, a former college basketball player that passed it to my son, my son's friend, and just got got the ball right in his face. I mean, it was he was a good passer, but the other guy wasn't ready for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but passing is is critical. If you don't if you don't pass it, the ball, you know, the other team gets it, and you're in trouble. How does that, how do you relate passing to personal finance? Yeah. Um, as people may know, basketball is a team sport. So passing is essential to the effectiveness and, and I would say the winning nature of a team, a team that can move the ball on the court is much harder to guard than just saying, having one player who's an outstanding scorer. So the way we relate mm-hmm. passing or uh, using financial literacy is passing in terms of passing on financial literacy by going and picking up a book. Now, we all may not live by a millionaire, but if you go to your local mm-hmm. library, you can read about millionaires, you can get their tips and their thoughts, which can help you pass on financial knowledge to yourself, but also to other people around you, because they say your income is the average of your five closest friends. So it's almost like you're on a basketball team, like that be the five people you included, or maybe a coach, but five people together. And if you guys are reading and passing on different information about, okay, maybe we should invest in these stocks, or maybe we should try our hand at real estate, or maybe cryptocurrency is the way to go now. But having those conversations and passing on that knowledge is how we use that basketball concepts to teach the importance of reading and of financial literacy, the literacy being comprehension and also physically reading articles and books and things like that. That uh, brings to mind a question. I'm thinking, you know, the, the idea of having conversations among your peers, your your friends, your family, it's just, it's not really common mm-hmm. still to this day. I mean, after after the Great Recession and after the, the, the financial problems of the pandemic, and yet if you, if you relate that to basketball, I mean, how, what would it be like if, if team members get together and they refuse to talk about fundamentals? Yeah, so passing is very important because having those conversations, I know with our culture, we have conversations about sports all the time. People go out, they're always talking about sports on TV. Sports is always talked about. We have so mm-hmm. much passion, enthusiasm for sports, yet when it comes to personal finance, which is really important in all of our lives, everyone is quiet. No one talks, no one shares the information. And that's very, mm-hmm. that comes to a detriment to the society, the community, as well as the family. Because if you're not talking about how you're going to excel financially, you know, that doesn't do you any good. If you're putting all your efforts into sports, which is a great thing, but the probability of be- making it to the NBA or becoming a professional athlete is so low. But the probability of becoming a millionaire is much higher if you focus on these key, key skills mm-hmm. at a younger age. So you have a better chance of becoming a millionaire or having the type of wealth that these professional athletes have 
if you start these financial concepts as a younger age. Well, let's talk about uh, another uh, another topic in your book about um, uh, boxing out. And, and that, how does that relate to, I think you relate it somehow to spending. Yeah. So boxing out or rebounding is very important in basketball. The fact is, if you look at any great shooter, let's take Steph Curry, for example, a great NBA three-point shooter makes four out of 10 shots. So they're shooting 40%. If you do that in high school, college, or back, or the pros, you're an exceptional player. Mm-hmm. But I think people need to realize out of those four shots you made, you miss six of them. So rebounding is absolutely the key to basketball because shots are going to be made. Are you able to get the ball back and be able to take another shot? So the way we compare it is you have to box out financial opponents. That may be ATM fees, late fees, anything that's stealing your money from you. It might even be boxing out yourself in the uh, aspect of controlling your spending, not doing any impulse buys, planning, things like that. So you also have to box out financial opponents the same way you box out your opponents to gather rebounds. I love that, I love that uh, idea of um, boxing yourself out. Mm-hmm. What about, um, now this this is something that I had no clue of. I think this, I must've missed that day in, in, in practice that the coach was talking mm-hmm. about it, but follow through, following through on your shot and you relate that to goals. Why, why are goals so important for personal finance? Yeah, goals are important because they set a, a timeline or a benchmark in trying to achieve something. So you can take, for example, with the follow through, they always want to tell you, you want to point your arm, your shooting arm to the basket. You also want to have the gooseneck in terms of your form, but you're pointing mm-hmm. towards the a basket, which is quote unquote, your goal. Just like when it comes to any financial matters, you might have certain goals. Maybe I want to save $5,000 or I want to invest in this property or I'm saving for retirement. There's all these different goals and the follow through, you know, is the key thing. With life, there's going to be a lot of ups and downs and it's really consistency or persistence that really leads to success. So by saying you need to follow through on your shot, just like great players do, you also need to follow through on your financial habits so that way you can be successful. It seems seems so easy, I guess that's probably the problem, to get distracted from our goals if, if we don't have them written down or haven't thought about them to, mm-hmm. I don't know if we're shooting at a wrong basket, but you know, just, to, just to not have the, the right setup so that you're aiming in the right direction, yeah. especially with all the consumerism in, in, in this world. Mm-hmm. And the whole concept with winning at the money game is to harness the passion and enthusiasm that people have, especially elementary, middle, and high school kids uh, have for sports. As you know, at that age, the same way I was, I was infatuated. I could eat, sleep, breathe basketball all the mm-hmm. time, talk about it. So what we're looking to do is, okay, at that age, Kids really understand passing, free throws, boxing out, following through, all these various things. They understand it at a high degree. They can talk about it with almost anyone. But if we take financial literacy, they may not know anything about that. So by using what they know, providing a link of what they know and what they don't know, that's how this program works. We're taking models and examples to teach important principles of personal finance. 
most of our readers or people who do our online courses are provided with the link between familiar basketball concepts and unfamiliar financial practices. So with this approach, they will begin to master financial and investment strategies. Nice. I, I know you, you go into other, other good information in your book about, uh, about different habits and, and different uh, skills for both basketball and, and finance. I want to I wanna ask one, one last question before we get uh, approach the end here. And I don't think there's a, a right or wrong question, to be honest, but um, I, was kinda, I, was, I was a little surprised that when you chose the most fundamental thing and and first finance, you chose credit score. Could you share with our listeners wh- why uh, why credit scores might be so critical? Yeah, in basketball, your fundamentals are the key. The stronger, if we took let's say Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, these players, and put them through various drills, they would do much better than someone at the high school or college level because their fundamentals are so strong. The most important fundamental that we all need to understand is credit. I know a lot of people like to talk about credit in a negative light. Credit is Mm -hmm. a very positive thing because it can help for a variety of uh, issues. Meaning if you have a credit card and something unexpected happens, let's say your car breaks down or you have to be somewhere the next day, let's say someone is injured or there's a funeral or something, you can use your credit card to take care of those purchases or things that happen unexpectedly. That's what Mm -hmm. it really is for. It's not for you just to go buy something because you feel like it. I really see credit as a necessity. And since it's so important, it's very important to also understand how it works in terms of how the credit companies, how they figure out your score, how you can improve your score, what your credit is based off of. So those things are very important because credit affects you purchasing a home, buying a car, getting various interest rates. So it is crucial to your life. And it is the most important fundamental, especially that we have in our Western society. Yeah. I like, I like the idea of it. Uh, you kind of talk about it like, like it's a tool. It's, it's a positive thing. Exactly. You know, you don't look at a hammer and say, that's an evil, that's a terrible thing. It's, it's, what do you do with the hammer? What, that's what makes it valuable or not. Perfectly said, Todd. I totally agree. All right. Hey, thank you. All right. Um, Let's finish up here, uh, Sean. Tell me, uh, w- would you mind, mind sharing with the listeners one practical piece of advice or recommendation uh, related to uh, what we've talked about today? There's a saying that I like and is very important to my life. It, said, it goes like you have to pay the cost to be the boss. Mm-hmm. So if you want to get anywhere in life, there are various costs you may need to pay. Maybe a financial cost maybe uh, emotional cause to get through the toils of getting to where you want to be, uh, spiritual costs, different costs you have to pay to achieve a certain level or become the boss. I would tell your readers, one of the most important things in life is literacy, the ability to read and reading comprehension. There's a quote that I really like, uh, which says, what's the difference between a man that cannot read and the man that does not read? There's absolutely no difference. If you don't read, it's almost like if you cannot read. Mm. And reading is so important. I was able to do the 52-book challenge two years in a row. And what it really taught me was that I didn't know anything. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) the more I read, the more I was like, oh, I had no idea about this, or I didn't know this author, or I didn't know this concept. But I'm letting people know and your viewers and listeners to really try to read more books because it can help you in so many different ways. 
Uh, it may be for mental health, financial prosperity, just even learning a new trade or developing a new skill. Uh, for me to become a good author, I also had to become a good reader and that really helped. So I would say reading is one of the most important things and I think more people should be encouraged to do it. That's great. I'll say amen. Preaching to the choir here. Love it. Uh, hey, Sean, how can our listeners connect with you online? So our website is W-A-T-M-G now.com that's winning at the money game now.com so w-a-t-m-g-n-o-w.com that way they can see what we're doing they can download our free ebook as well as access our online course so we do have an online course also with uh physical workbooks that students can you know use and partake in to fully understand financial literacy so that's the best way to get in contact with us very cool. I, I would uh, encourage our listeners to check that out. A great concept, great book, great program. Uh, thank you, Sean, for uh, being on the show today. I appreciate you. I appreciate our listeners for joining us. Yes, definitely. Todd, I do. Thank you very much for having me on. It's definitely been a pleasure to speak with you, of course, and also to let your listeners know what we're doing here and how we're trying to impact not only our community, but the world by giving you know the citizens or the youth the ability to understand finance so they can make better decisions for themselves and for society. Absolutely. Keep up the great work. Uh, do, if you're interested in some of our past uh, podcasts, check us out at moneyfit.org slash podcast. And until next time, please stay money fit and stay well. Stay well.